This channel is all about bringing you motivational and inspirational content with value-packed interviews with local high-performing entrepreneurs. My name is Josh Kwan, a digital nomad, founder of Space Jelly and Lavishing Me Gadgets, and welcome to the workshop. Creative songwriter, director, dance instructor. Today's guest on the show is Jackie Tran, a good friend of mine that I have met during my college career within the Asian American community. He is affiliated at the studio called North Atlanta Dance Academy, teaching creative hip hop dances and inspires the younger generation to express themselves throughout dance and music. In this interview, we will dive deeper into how Jackie created his success as a creative content creator and to help you start your journey as someone who is interested in monetizing their creative dancing on any platform. So let's go ahead and pick Jackie's brain. So what type of dancing are you into and what other art forms do you perform as an artist? Um, you know, the funny thing is um, I'm not really interested in any one exact kind of type of dance, I would say. It would be more of like, um, I like figuring out the mechanics and movements of dances, but mo I mostly revolve around um, hip hop, I would say. Hip hop with a small bit of jazz influence. So have you always been passionate about dance and music as a young kid or were you inspired? To, like at a young age um honestly the only thing i was really kind of into when i was a kid was video games <laughs> um and the music kind of just developed like i think i always liked music it's just i never had a drive to do anything about it until um it was eighth grade and it was this this girl i was trying to impress <laughs> <laughs> and um so what happened was she, me and her were hanging and she said, yo, let me show you this, my friend. He's this really cool guy. And I'm like, oh man, this dude can't be that great. So <laughs> check him out. You know, he's, he's doing his thing. And, you know, out, on the outside, I'm like, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. But, you know, in my head, I'm like, man, what the hell is that? I could do way better than that. <laughs> and it just kind of started from there. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. So what age was was this? Oh man, that was uh when I was like 13, 14. Yeah, like 13, right, 14, right at the end okay. of end of eighth grade. So where are you now with your projects? Like I know you've taught dance studios, right? And so how did how did that come about? Uh well I got into this studio teaching game from uh, a friend of mine. His name is AJ. Um, I don't know how it happened exactly. It was just one day I just thought to myself, I was like, man, I need to really pursue this, you know, like actually put work in if something's going to happen. So I quit my job after I saved, uh, saved up a little bit of money and I, I didn't know what was going to happen. And then he just called me out of the blue and said, Hey man, I'm teaching in Savannah. Did you want to come with and help me out? And from there, just kind of just kind of kept rolling you know dang that's pretty uh risky but i mean i guess it went well for you after a couple of days teaching studio right and did you like build a better following that way or 
did are you actually working with the studios now mm, i'm working with one studio in atlanta it's called north atlanta dance academy Mm -hmm. uh, however, it's I'm unsure where my direction I want to go yet because um, studying this whole music thing is kind of like I see the work that is needed to be put in to like get it to uh, give you return, you know. And I'm thinking, you know, it's I feel like there's a pivot right now. There's a there's a fork in the road, and I have to make my decisions carefully, uh, you know, while managing a it's like pretty much managing capital, but at the same time, putting in the time needed within a acceptable time frame, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So are you, is your goals right now trying to build your own studio or uh, kind of build your own dance team? Mm, no, not really. I'd say my goal right now is to just make content and get really good at what I do. Um, trying mm -hmm. to go back to the roots, you know, just making the product. And then from there, the like I'll figure things out. That's kind of where I am. And almost kind of like I started back to the drawing board, really, but not I'm not clueless this time, you know? Mm -hmm. yeah. So for the viewers who um, kind of are interested in going to dance, uh, so what is the basic qualifications, do you think, in your opinion, as a beginner, uh, when they enter into the dancing space or this creative, yeah. Uh, honestly, I, I really don't think there is much that you need to do other than, uh, well, of course, move your body, but other than the obvious, <laughs> um, as long as you have a clue of what you want and, you know, like just, I feel like a sense of, just wanting to be there and figure it out, you know? I feel like that's that's really all you need to get started. So for someone who is wanting to join, like, a dance group or a club, uh, what steps should they take in joining one? Like, depending on their experience level, like, um, should they join, like, a very pro dance group and start from the basics or just a really big club? Like, there's one in Georgia State, which, which is Mal, right? It's, like, really big. Um, is that something for beginners or like should they go just anywhere? Well, there's always a duality in it. It's, it really all depends on where you want to start. Um, I've kind of seen both firsthand. Um, if you want to, like I, I always advocate start off by dancing by yourself a lot, you know, because from where you just like the, the it's endless, you know, you could do anything you want and you don't have a sense of what's right and what's wrong yet. So you could really develop a um, like an early glimpse of what your quote unquote style would be. Um, and that would be the advantages of starting by yourself. However, if you want to really hop on the fast track of like just being able to learn steps and you feel like you can learn style and all of that later, then hopping into classes and just getting experience with other people is just a really good place to kind of get progress started off right away. It's kind of like, um, do you want to choose a more artistic route or a more kind of like a business business centric route first, you know, because mm -hmm. by learning from other people, you are, you learn so quick, you know, and you just figure stuff out so quick. However, you lose a little bit of your identity because 
that's all you know. You just know mm-hmm. dancing with other people. Um, to really have a good sense of self, you just need to do it by yourself. But it can get a little frustrating when it comes time to figure something out and you're the only person that can help you, you know? I always kind of like want to give a good balance. Okay. So you mentioned like there is a business route and a creative route. Uh, could you define those for the viewers? Yeah, sure. Um, now, this is just based on my opinion. This is not based on any hard fact. I just This is just kind of my way of organizing things. Um, okay. A business route, I would not really call it like, uh, I guess a business route. I named it that way because it's about efficiency. It's about mm-hmm. learning how to dance. You know, the act of learning dance rather than uh oh what does this move mean you know like do you see how slow it is that's the intricacy kind of represents the fragile state of the human soul (laughs) 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 yes it's more about like um the the facts you know can you learn a dance can i learn it quickly you know and that's why i would say a, a business perspective of it is a little bit more geared towards um Uh, An artistic route would be, however, you know, exactly diving into self-expression and, um, you know, what does that mean? What does this mean? And why do you dance? You know, that's, I feel that's, you learn more of that when you're dancing with yourself because you just, you just have to think about that because you can't really focus on much anything else, you know? (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry if that's a little uh, vague. (laughs) How do you measure the metrics when you do a project with someone and do you want to become very profitable in performance or uh, just, you know, just for fun kind of thing? Mm, Now, it's kind of funny when you're working in art because it's almost like you have to do both at the same time. Um, Because let's say if you only want to have fun and, you know, like the, and, you know, just put on a good performance. No, it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah, man, this is so weird. Uh, It's like, if you focus only on the performance and you don't have fun, then the performance kind of loses its pizzazz, you know? So then you have to, then your your business is suffering because the product is suffering. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's like that. But on the other hand, if you just have fun, and I've figured this out before, but you do not know how to run it like a business. I would say like maybe practices or something. Mm-hmm. Then mm-hmm. your sh- the show is not going to be as good as you want. You know, it's that's the weird thing. You ha- kind of have to have both to truly be effective. Um, but when it comes to like the output, what do I want to what do I want to get from the show? First and foremost, I want to get a good good show. Like, because from a good show, everything else will follow. That's just how it just kind of works for me. So how does one, if they want to build a business out of this, like, what did they sell? Like, do they sell dance classes? Do they sell like one-on-one teaching to be like a sustainable business? If they want to serve as a dance, uh, well, first, I would say before you even begin trying to make anything into a business you need to understand what is required to make it successful right um first and foremost you need a good dance and from there i feel like you just 
you got to figure out the product a little bit more. You got to figure out what makes it magnetic to people. Uh, and then from there, you can do marketing. And the field is so open now that you can really go into anything. Like, uh, I know a lot of people doing dance tutorials on like TikTok. If you want a product that is cheap, easy to make, and very quick, you know, TikTok's a good route for that. If you want to do something a little bit more personal, even though, you know, the light of this whole uh, pandemic situation, um, dan becoming a dance instructor is always a good way. However, if you want to be into a more administrative uh, position, then you you can always consider opening a studio, you know, like the, the fields are really endless and there's always uh, every avenue that fits someone's character. Oh, I see. Okay. So there's like a lot of different types of channels you can be profitable in. How does, how does one like market their dance? Like, should they be posting on YouTube all the time or how do they build their social following? It's all about how you want to, how, how do you want the people to perceive your product? You know, like, um, mm -hmm. because it's kind of like branding, like is is branding like an important thing? Yeah. Branding is very important. However, what's also very important is uh, product is always king. I'm pretty sure you know this. Um, and uh, let's say you make a lot of videos, you know, like you make a ton of videos and you post daily. Uh, now, the downsides of that is obviously the quality will have to suffer unless you commit all your time to it. And that will kind of give that perception of, you know, he it may not be the cleanest, it may not be the 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 tightest all the time, but it's consistent. So you will have that working for you. However, or if you wanted to do very few in between, but very high quality, you know, that's another route. Mm -hmm. And that's how it is. Uh, the product will kind of let you know how it needs to be marketed. You just need to pay attention to how you work exactly. Yeah. Okay. So like as a beginner, what steps can you give them if they're going into this route? And um, if somebody has like their goals to opening their own studio, um, what advice would you give them? Like how long would you think it takes to build a successful dancing kind of business, whether it be like selling, you know, coaching services or just having your own studio? So are we talking specifically about like owning a studio or like becoming uh, like a dance instructor or something? Uh, just like both. So I'll go down into being a, the dance instructor first, um, mm -hmm. because that's why I know. Um, okay. So as a dance instructor, it's, it's really hard to say, like the entertainment industry is extremely volatile and, anything could pop off or anything could flop. You know, that's just the nature of the business. Um, what you need to understand is that you just need to put product out. That's it. Bottom line is if you are trying to be an instructor, you just need to put product out. Now the quality is going to be up to you. You know, you set that, you set the, um, the, uh, threshold of quality, I guess. <laughs> and, um, Honestly, you keep playing the game and you, we apply every business tactic there is, you know, like being consistent, touching base with your, um, like your fans and, 
um all that but at the end of the day it's it's uh it's hard to figure out how long it's going to take because one video could just blow you up or a thousand videos can get you nowhere it's really hard to say Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of owning a studio, however, uh, you have to, it's a people's game because you have to know what the people want. You have to know who are good instructors that know what they're doing. And at the end of the day, you have to be a good boss. You know, you have to know how to be an administrator that can handle business at the same time while everything fun is happening around you. And that can be difficult for some people. Yeah. How, how does, uh, how do you guys fundraise or is that something that you guys do? Like do different philanthropy, um, events. Hmm. Okay. So, mm. Fundraising, I would say, is the same as any other mm-hmm. uh, business. You have the product and you learn how to use it, you know, where where you can. Like, um, let's say, oh, I got a team of five people. So let's just do like a show in front of XYZ. And then, you know, we have this on the side and we can be selling this or like be asking for donations. That's one way, you know, that's a very um mm-hmm. lemonade standy kind of way you know <laughs> like if you want to just get out there and do it or you can collaborate with studios that already have a following and you know you can kind of like throw a class there if your product's good your mm-hmm. product being your dance okay so what what are current projects you are currently working on and how do you measure the success of each pro- product project or venture Hmm. Now, this is a really tricky one. (laughs) Measuring success in art is so weird because if you like it, but no one likes it, (laughs) that could be a success or everyone likes it, but you hate it. That could also be a failure, you know, so it's really weird. Um, I would say I'm a mix. I like to like my stuff, you know, (laughs) like I can't push it if I don't like it. It's just not in my character. Um, But I also... I look heavily on uh, things that give me analytics like Instagram video analytics, uh, Spotify analytics, and anything like that. YouTube comments, likes, you know, and the ratios in between views and likes, all that comes into a play. Um, and what, <laughs> what was the other thing that you asked? Uh, just like how do you measure each success or venture in terms of profit? Like, do you post something expecting that the social media following would get bigger or you post something based on your analytics, like you just said? I post and I base it on the likes you can get and more importantly, the comments and shares. Mm, um, okay. Yeah, okay. because it's one thing for get, to get them to look at it. And this is it can, all, can all be found on Instagram's uh, analytics feature. You have reach, which means pretty much how many people seen it. You have likes, which is obvious, the double tap. Uh, You have comments, which are self-explanatory as well. And then you have saves and shares. Saves and shares is why I really look at because if you can get someone to not just double tap it, but to save it for later and also share it to somebody, that's how you know you got a product that can have 
natural traction, you know? Mm. Because if you have to push it too much, but it has no natural ability to like kind of go places, then you're just going to waste a lot of resources. Okay, that's pretty gold right there. That's a gold nugget. Well, so how do you network around the states? Or do you go to a lot of different conventions oh, man. for dancing? This for networking dancing. thing, it's it's always been something that's like super tough for me. Um, because I'm a little mm-hmm. bit on the anti-social side and I'm just weird like that. But mm-hmm. you got to do what you mm-hmm. got to do. So right. for right. for me, this is how I do it. I, I focus on the dance when I get to a class. And, you know, a lot of people in, that told me how to network, they're like, you go to a class, you don't focus on the dance, you focus on the people in the class. And, you know, and that's how you know who the people are and, you know, da 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 da. But I try that. It doesn't really work. So <laughs> I just focus on doing the b- dance the best way I can. And then, you know, just stay consistent like that. And then in time, people will just come to you naturally because we're all here for a certain reason. And I would say, you know, seven tenths of those people are there to get better at dancing. So if you're the man, they're obviously going to come and talk to you sooner or later. You just got to hang in there, you know, and just keep showing up. Mm-hmm. So how do you pick out the individuals who are like pro at dancing? Or how do you how do you see someone and say, oh, he's a good dancer or, oh, she needs some work. Needs some work. Mm, you can just feel it like. Oh, yeah. Uh, once yeah. well, you've been doing it as long as I have, once you just walk into a room, you could tell who the alphas of the class are, and you know who the people that are a little bit, a little bit more timid in the class. Mm. It's mm. it's honestly just like Mean Girls walking in the cafeteria. <laughs> you know exactly where they are, where they sit, and all that, man. So I don't have a problem. I can recognize it right when walking in. I catch the vibe. I see. So as how how does your parents feel when you entered into this kind of calling of yours? Because I know first generation Asian Americans like rarely get support from the parents. Um, <laughs> they honestly they just kind of let me do it. Um, I don't think they supported that much. I think they were hoping that it might be something that I just kind of you know fall out of. You know, like oh, it's a fad or it's the thing. He'll just he'll snap out of it, but. I just kind of kept doing it and once I was able to bring home like uh, a pretty good check from my first out-of-state gig that I think that's when they're like wait a minute <laughs> this could be something yeah nice so how do you how do you find gigs um, I can ask. a lot I can of it's word of mouth honestly it's it's very weird like I don't ask for it half the time I don't even look for it much I just show up to the gigs that i do have on my plate i do the best i can mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then we'll it's mostly like a we'll see what happens kind of thing and they usually call me up like someone else will call me up or da 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 um but the reason why i am able to do that is because i have a stable income with my studio job mm-hmm. so how does the studio pay you uh versus how do how, how does, like, uh, so studio is pretty pay. much hourly pay uh and it's quantable you know quantifiable um mm-hmm. the like an outside gig mm-hmm. depending on how good you are at talking or haggling you can double your rate or <laughs> you know you can do anything it all depends on the customer what they need how fast do they need it 
how good do they need it mm -hmm. you know and from there mm -hmm. we can work it out so, so so how do you base the like necessities that customers need like how do you cater towards we can do it what they need um we could do it exactly how a normal business does like what do you need and mm -hmm. they'll be like we need mm -hmm. a piece with like two songs in it you know so that that's um kind of gives me a range of the oh, work I right see, there okay when do you need it oh, I see, next I see. week <laughs> you need next week then you know there's another you know how many rehearsals do we have and then like okay how good do you want it to be you want to get first place you want to get third place we gotta be realistic here you know <laughs> yeah okay so that's like kind of like your metrics on assessing each project we gotta see how much time is needed um and compared to how much time we got also how much time do we have with the dancers you know it's because at the end of the day it's mm -hmm. it's almost um like i know how much the the work is worth and that's what you have to really be confident with when you're in like an art uh industry you know you have to label your work the like the worth and you got to stick with it but there's also like some form of a median rate out there if you talk to enough um studio do you professionals ever discount you discount know? people or do you ever reject somebody's um needs like if they need it too soon you said you don't have time or do you accept it and yes i'll um i'll try to work it out the best that i can with them because one thing about customer relations is that they love it when you try to work with them you know like they just mm -hmm. people just love that mm -hmm. i mean it makes them feel special so i try the best i can however if it's just not possible i'll do my best to find a suitable replacement or if um like they're paying me a little bit too low we have to i'll i'll be realistic to them because if i do settle for something low it's gonna bite me in the long run because you know what if they tell their friend like oh yeah he did a great job tells their friend that they had uh so and so so for xyz and then suddenly that's my new rate you know you have to set it yourself and you have to stick with it mm -hmm. oh, I see, oh I, see. I see i see so you don't get like a flat fee uh per se for your hourly you you make up your own rates per whatever we have two uh, forms like if it's a uh, lessons then it, we go hourly however if it's a project um then i do more of it on a lump sum How does taxes work rather than an hourly thing taxes uh we file a 1099 man <laughs> oh I see, yeah, I see. yeah okay self-employed i like that so it's like more like conscious mm -hmm. like my studio job is we're under w2 however for everything else It'll be a 1099. Okay. So what are the current projects you're about to release? Can, oh, well, mm, right now I'm diving a little bit more into music. And mm -hmm. we have a song coming out called Late Night Single. It'll be out by the 29th, which is this Friday. And we're mm -hmm. and it's gonna be my first. I would say the first real step into legitimate music. Yeah. Okay, it's kind of like nice. a combination. And, and you're um, starting it feels to like every rapper nowadays sing. can sing either with the use of autotune or not. And every <laughs> singer has to rap to some extent. 
you know so you gotta do both <laughs> uh if i wanted to pick one i think i would like singing a little bit more mm -hmm. so are you more solo artist now or are you in the future wanting to like collab with different groups or make a bigger sure. band okay um right now i just want to be my own thing um for as long as i've been around working anywhere i've always been a part of a team you know and at this point i really want to see what do i got you know it, what kind of steam do i got in the engine by myself and see what i can do with that mm -hmm. so have you ever rejected a, like someone offering you like a permanent side gig or mm, yeah just like a... i think it was this hmm, what was it it was his job to always teach on on saturdays and me personally i, I just didn't want a gig on saturday and <laughs> So I decided not yeah. to take it, but okay. there have also been other gigs um, like this. There's this one gig where uh, they wanted me to do a like a wedding reception dance, you know, like something really small, really simple. Um, however, it, they their budget was like super low and I tried working with them. But at the end of the day, you know, like I said, you got to you got to know your value. So unfortunately, we couldn't work mm -hmm. anything out. Uh, but I was able to refer them to someone. Mm -hmm. I see. So do you always have like a collective of networks? Handy In this business, <laughs> you've got to. Something you have to. Or... Um, okay. Because the more people you know, the more reach your, you know, your web has, you know, and that's always good. So for like a solo artist, what do you think the best platform is right now as an artist? To get yourself out there. Based strictly on the merit of getting yourself out there, I would say it is TikTok. Because, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. TikTok. TikTok. Because everyone that's on Instagram, the market's too saturated. You know, everybody's trying to blow up on Instagram. So you're not going to stand out as much. And TikTok right now is the breeding ground of like new fans, you know? So. Like young kids, I would say for most people that are coming up, young young fans are going to be the most loyal fans. So you just need to go there and you just need to kind of start something going. But at, you also have to be careful about what kind of content you would put out, I would say. Is it very strict? Is that what no, you mean? No, I would or? say it's based more on perception. Like, mm -hmm. if... Uh, because TikTok is always about, you know, the fun fun things. But it's easy to kind of lose your way in, in what you're doing, you know? Like, always remember what your, your kind of end goal is. If you are trying to do something... And you're trying to head into a more quote unquote legitimate route, then you might not want to spend too much of your time on TikTok. You might need to just transition out. If that makes sense, you like you want to start your fans on TikTok. However, you need an exit strategy if you do not want to get trapped there. You know, mm -hmm. you kind of like cycle more. Uh, like maybe your Instagram connected, your Twitter account connected, have everything. Okay. Who wants to, um, have, you know, like really pop off with his own music or something. So they do a bunch of covers because mm -hmm. they know a lot of people search for those. But in the grand scheme of it, 
the perception of that artist changes into a cover artist. And then from there, he has to dig himself out of a hole that he dug himself, you know? He becomes the cover artist. Mm -hmm. And then there's that weird thing where people just look at his art and they're just like, yeah, I like him, but I I just like his covers more, you know? You are what you do. Mm -hmm. So you need to be really diligent about that. What do you, What are you doing? So how does one scale their social media up? Like, let's say they have a couple fan pages, but how do they really, like, push themselves more? Like, is it paid ads or is it like a certain strategy you guys use? One, I would say, is figure out what your main platform is. Uh, one is probably the most efficient. Two, if you really wanted to stretch yourself out a little bit, I wouldn't really recommend three because without focus, you're just not going to get anywhere. So figure out which platform you like the best and why, you know, like why are you using that? Um, two, I would say is get consistent, get consistent posting your your product. People just need to see your product before, um, you know, they start to follow you. They need to know that you're consistent. People love consistency. Um, three would be know who you're talking to, man. Like some people are making a product uh, that are like for, let's say, 25-year-old girls or some college girls. But in reality, they're hitting like, you know, the 14-year-old boys. So like you need to know, <laughs> <laughs> you need to know who your audience is so you can tailor your product a little bit more towards that audience. And from there, you know, you can build. Because if you try to build, I want to apply to everyone like right off the jump it's going to be really hard unless you make you know i would say like walmart product where it's like just super safe and da 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 but in art everything that's super safe doesn't really pop off often you know you need to have a niche first and then you broaden it so out what was your process on figuring out which audience you had to cater to or like how did you research this is my niche I'm still researching that a little bit more, but YouTube analytics always help. Um, mm -hmm. Instagram analytics mm -hmm. always help as well. And pay attention to who who comments on your stuff. You know, like what are they saying? And uh, who are they? What did what age do they seem like they're around? You know, like you need to use every inch that you have for information because it'll it'll help you way out in the long run. Oh, that's really good. It's good advice for people want to get into this industry you know like gotta look at the analytics from that really lets you know who you're talking to you know so what is kind of like i guess what was the initial take on this journey to become a self-made artist what drove what, what drove you <laughs> yeah i would say it was a breakup with uh my girlfriend it was like up till then, I've been taking things semi-seriously, but it's always that thought in my mind was always in the back of like, okay, now what do you, you know, like, what are we really going to do? But um, ever since that kind of, that kind of happened, I don't know, just one day I just kind of woke up and I was like, all right, you know what, <sighs> let's, let's, let's quit messing around. Let's get serious. And from there, I just kind of started, I, I guess that's my little weird weird talent <laughs> yeah it's like if i just want to do right. something i'll just automatically do it i don't really need to coerce myself too much how do you how do you stay self-motivated <laughs> can, can i cuss on this <laughs> no we can't right 
Oh, we can't. We can't. Yeah, we can. <laughs> Honestly, man, I think man, the whole motivation is bullshit. Is so bullshit. Um, <laughs> if I had to be real with you, do am I am I gonna wake up every day saying, "Oh my God, what a great day to be doing"? No, I'm not. <laughs> Realistically, no, you're not. <laughs> um, motivation, I would say, is a luxury because. That can help you, like motivation only appears when it wants, but that's not good enough for a business, man. Like if you be, if you be real with yourself, you need to be working at what you're working mm-hmm. every day, and if and that's if you want to be great, you know, if you want to be one of the greats, that's what you have to do. You have to just work, and there's gonna be days where you wake up and you're gonna feel like shit. You don't want to do anything, but you just gotta do it. You just gotta remember that, and that's. Mm-hmm. A big thing that I've learned that I wish I would have learned so much earlier is that if you wait for motivation, the opportunity is going to pass you by and you're not going to be ready. You have to always hit it no matter what you're feeling. You just have to always keep that keep that in your head that I got to do it. Wow. I got to do it. I got to push through, you know? What was like the biggest challenge uh, during this journey? Biggest this journey. challenge I would say is con- just really just staying on it keeping it up every day um because there are those days you know where you just don't want to do it and or you feel incredibly sick or something but you just got to keep that in and know that every small step is the key to getting that one big step you know they say that um you making it is just gonna happen but the practice that you put in to get that to happen, that's a, a deliberate thing. That oh, that yeah, that's all you. Thank you so much for all this ambitious motivation and you know just like all the strategies that you're giving out. You know, that I think that's very important when it comes to like someone who's a beginner wanting to get into this space and building a business out of this. So, last question for you: What is the most quote that resonates with you? You have to make a choice. I think that's it. If I had to like really wrap it up, um, I would say it's that because I am by nature a very indecisive person because whenever whenever I make a decision, I don't like to falter back on it. I like to follow through. And that is so key in this in any industry, but for this one, for sure. You have to make a choice. Now, that does not mean go crazy, go stupid. You know, like it doesn't mean that. It, it just means that if you want to make this, which is a already a very difficult job, you know, a reasonable sense of and have a reasonable sense of income, you have to just make choices. You have to plan it out. But at the end of the day, you just got to. You just gotta go for it, you know, you, and don't look back. Like, cause if you do look back, <laughs> ten people are gonna jump in front of you. You can't. Yeah, like it's very competitive, and I'm sure everywhere else is competitive. But this entertainment in itself is so vicious and is just so so volatile that you just have to. You can't. Ha- There's no room for second guessing. You just gotta go, or don't. Mm-hmm there's no in between i would mm-hmm. say you know it's a sink or swim but it does not mean um 
that you have to go stupid with it, you know? You have to go stupid in the right moments, not all the time. <laughs> Just like anything else in life, big risks gotcha. come with big rewards, but you got to choose which risk you want to take. So if someone wants to, you know, learn more about you, where can they find you? Or where's the, where's the, the best place I would say right now would be my website. It just launched not too long ago. And I'm really trying to get the the traffic up in time for this release on Friday. Um, the website is Life of Jackie Tran. That is life with two eyes, lifeofjackietran.com. And they can subscribe to the email newsletter there and be informed about everything. I will also have all of those in the show notes for you guys to check out his new music coming out. And I think he gives it a little surprise at the very end. And, you know, if you just need any assistant with dancing and how to build a business around it, go ahead and reach out to him. He'll definitely hit you back. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for coming to the podcast. And, no problem, man. It was, it was hell fun. Hell fun. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening to the Workshop Podcast. We strive to bring high-valued content in many forms. Please help share this episode with someone who could take value from this podcast, and it would help us spread our message as well. To keep producing more episodes like this, please help support our channel by clicking the support link in our bio. If you would like to be a future sponsor or interviewee, please reach out to me via Instagram at j.oshkwon or our email at info.theworkshopchannel at gmail.com. Once again, everything will be in the show notes for you guys to check out. We also stream on Spotify, Apple Music, and Google. So go ahead and check all the platforms out. Last but not least, I hope everybody stays safe, sees the day, and I'll see you guys on the next episode.